greet all of you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Uh, let's read our Bibles from the book of Acts 20. The verse will be 29. Acts 20, verse 29. can read it together. Just only 29. For I know this. For I know this. Amen. It was Paul speaking during his time. And Brother Brenham comes. He says, I have preached exactly like Paul. So that means the same statement can be attributed to Brother Brenham during our time. Amen. Amen. Uh, wolves did not come as long as Paul was around. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And he knew that once I leave the scene, wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. That means they, they will go on... A rampage. Amen. Amen. Maybe let's turn to Revelation 17, verse 8. Revelation 17, verse 8. We can read it together. The beast that Thou sowest to us, time we spoke about the difference between the Lamb's Book of Life and the Book of Life. Do you remember? We, we actually took the Bible and used it as an example. How many still remember? Amen. And we, we remember we were clearing that issue when Brother Branham said Judah's name was in the Lamb's Book of Life. Hallelujah. It looks like some of you are amazed. Amen. Were you here when we were teaching about that? Amen. Brother, yes, Brother Bim says Judah's name was in the Lamb's Book of Life. But we said you don't take that coat and run. Because the Book of Life is one book with two sections. It's like the Bible with Old Testament and New Testament. Are we together? And from time to time, if you were to call this New Testament, you are not wrong because there is a New Testament inside. If you were to call it Old Testament, you are not wrong because there is Old Testament inside. But whatever you call this book, once we open it, we need to go and trace where is your name. Is it in the Old Testament or the New Testament? I hope we are together here. The prophet has got no slippery of tongue. Uh, we, in, in, 
those whose names are in the Lamb's book of life uh, will never perish. Are we together? And Judas, although Brother Bram said his name was in Lamb's book of life, but when you open the Bible, his name was in the book of life. Is that the Brother Branham called it the Lamb's Book of Life? I don't know whether we're together here. <laughs> Hallelujah. So sometimes you, that's why you cannot take one quotation and build a doctrine around it. The Bible says, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let my weight be established. Amen. You don't take one quotation and run. God bless you as we bow our heads. Gracious Heavenly Father, you have been invited to this place as people we have flipped through the pages of the Bible and we invite you in this evening. May you come and minister in a very special manner to your people, dear God, especially because we can see the runway has been laid for a takeoff. And may every man and woman be spirit, they must be spiritually fastening their seat belts because we are about to take off, dear God. We thank you for everything as we commit the reading of the word to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you richly. Amen. Uh, maybe just call up that Revelation 17. Uh, so that we can make a follow-up on it. Amen. Those, those whose names were not written in the book of life. Hallelujah. In the book of life. But when you open it in the Lamb's book of life, will not wonder when they see the beast that was and is not and yet is. Hallelujah. The beast that was and is not and yet is. Brother Brahman says that it speaks about the uh, papal uh, succession. Are we together? The beast that you saw, uh, when the people see the very beast rising, they shall wonder. And in this verse, Brother Branham speaks about the Roman Empire morphing into Roman Catholic. And when the people see the beast rising now as Catholic, many of those people whose names were not written in the book of life will look at it and wonder, and many shall follow the beast. Amen. And the Bible says the beast shall do signs and wonders. We believe, a real believer does not follow signs and wonders. Signs and wonders follow a real believer. I don't know whether you got that one. A real believer does not follow signs and wonders. Signs and wonders follow a real believer. So that means there is something that a believer must follow for signs and wonders to follow a believer. A believer will always follow the weight. And when you follow the weight, then signs and wonders will follow the believer. But when you follow signs and wonders, then deception will come in. Are we together? I want to speak about a deception era. How many believe that we find ourselves in, a, in, a, in an era of deception? Amen. Uh, I don't know the old timers if they remember 
Do you remember there was a time when it was difficult to convince any person about a prophet? And their favorite scripture used to be say, uh, the laws and the prophets were up until John the Baptist. Hallelujah. Uh, And because during that time, there is only one prophet that we spoke about, Malachi 4. But later, we saw a proliferation of prophets around the world. Uh, Some realize that everyone becomes a prophet, and some they call themselves the major prophets. Uh, Amen. So I'm the one that is in charge of other prophets. So a, a prophetic office has become so receptive until such time that it is being impersonated. And of all the offices that we have, yes, it says they will come teach us that will teach you and they will, they will make sure that whatever they teach, it is the people's ears. That is, Brother Brenham says, uh, the mess that we find ourselves in is because of teachers. But now, teachers are no longer a problem. We are now finding a mess that has been created by prophets. Are we together? And that is why the scripture says, uh, for I know this, that after my departing, uh, uh, after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. You know why they wait for the messenger to leave the scene? It's because there are certain, a messenger has got, uh, his eye is very penetrative. There are, when, when a messenger looks at you, he doesn't just look at your current situation. A messenger can look at you and see where you originated from. And that is why Brother Branham was prepared to preach a sermon, The Trail of the Serpent. That means he was able to trace this serpent away together. Now, when Brother Branham, as long as Brother Branham was around, people were gentlemen. People cooperated. Uh, those that rejected him, rejected him. But after, after he was gone, and maybe even before I get into my notes, uh, I'm, I'm getting more and more amazed that you have individuals that are leaving the message. And they are citing that there are some inconsistencies in the message. Some have been in the message for 30 years, 35 years, 40 years living. Now, on the other hand, you've got Pentecostal ministers who have never been in the message, who are now beginning to rise and say, Brother Brenham had a unique gift. The likes of uh, the daughter to uh, uh, Oral Roberts, just in recent times, he said, I was in those meetings when Brother Branham was there. And the gift of the prophet or the gift of the man of God had such a special effect upon my father and her father referring to Oral Roberts. Are we together? Then there is another Pentecostal minister, he says, I used to be the one that was playing a piano when Brother Brenham used to preach. 
And after one meeting, Brother Brandon invited me out for a lunch, and we went to a restaurant, and he said, I could not believe that such a man would invite me for lunch. And he says, I was known to have made a lot of Pentecostal ministers to be popular because of my organizational skills. So he would organize crusades for them. So when they had lunch, he said to Brother Brenham, said, look, uh, I think we can do this thing better. I can make your name known. Brother Brenham says, no, that is not what I'm looking for. And actually God is done with me. And he says to this Pentecostal young man, he says, listen, after my departure, there's going to be an era of great teachings that will take place. And after that era of great teachings, there's going to rise a certain class of people where God will do exploits with them. And this Pentecostal minister says, I really took what Brother Branham told me to heart, and I believe it. T.L. Osborne was in Brother Branham's meetings. He comes, he says, we have seen the life of Jesus Christ in the end time. We have seen Jesus Christ walking in the streets of Phoenix. That is what he said during the memorial service of Brother Branham. But later on, he changed the statement and said, there is madness that followed thereafter. Because you must remember, the ministers got the first pull, the second pull, the third pull. And I would believe uh, that if T.L. Uh, uh, Osborne was around, when, brother, when Jesus multiplied fish and, fish and bread, he would have said, we have seen Jesus Christ walking in the streets of Galilee. But when Jesus moved and said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, he would say, that is the madness that followed after. Are we together? Now, then you had Benny Hinn. He comes and says, William Brenham was such a great man of God. He could look, in, look at you and tell you things, and he was so precise. It was Benny Hinn now saying that. Then you've got... Many are beginning to rise, and if you go on your YouTube, you'll see video after video of Pentecostal ministers that are affirming the ministry of Brother Branham. Now, I say, you've got people that have been in the message, living the message, they say, inconsistencies. You've got Pentecostals that used to not to see the message are rising, acknowledging that Brother Branham was a prophet. What is really happening here, folks? There's something that is taking place right before our eyes. The Pentecostals, this group, they looked at the signs and wonders that followed the gift. And they admired and they, they even say in their books, William Brenham was a pioneer of the latter rain movement. And they are acknowledging him as a pioneer by looking at the signs of wonders but when it comes to the revealed weight of the hour, they are not able to embrace that. And in this group, we've got people that as well were with us, loved the message, came to the message, 30 years in a message church, now are beginning to go. The two groups, they've got something that they've got in common. Both of them, they detest, they cannot stand the standard of holiness that was set by Brother Brenham. They are actually saying, give me Brother Brenham as long as you don't give me the standards 
that goes with signs and wonders. Are you here, folks? Uh, because it, it's, it's things that we are seeing. We've, we have had eyewitnesses. Uh, I mean, I was watching another uh, Pentecostal minister that spoke about seven visions that Brother Brenham spoke about, and he's teaching his church, taking them through those visions. And I'm like, the Pentecostals are beginning not to be ashamed of Brother Brenham, and the message, uh, people that are backsliding, they don't want to hear anything about Brother Brenham. But in spite of that, there is a seat of God that is rising. Hallelujah. So you've got three kinds. You've got the seed of God rising. You've got Pentecostal that do not want to embrace the entire Bible, but they are sitting there observing and acknowledging that he was a pioneer. Then you've got these ones that have left. They are, they are citing a lot of things, but let me follow up this group that has left. 30 years into the ministry, you realize that something was wrong. But what amazes me a lot of times, after you realize that the ministry is wrong, many of them, they leave their wives. Hallelujah. Sisters, hear me out. You can listen to your husband, and husband, hear me out. You can hear out your wife. But sometimes you don't know when somebody starts a process, where will they be the end of that process? Sometimes a person does not hate Brother Brennan per se, but he realizes there is a quotation, there are scriptures that Brother Brennan has put there. They are saving as a ring fence for, no, for him not to do certain things. Then he wants to pull you out of the ring. And after you have been pulled out of the ring, he manifests his true colors. And by the time you realize that Brother Brenham was not a prophet, it's too late because you are beyond, you are out of the camp. Are we together? Now, when we, if we speak about deception, I'm told that the, the Federal Bank, or what you would call the Reserve Bank, when they train the bank tellers or the merchants around fake money, I'm told that they don't even use fake money to educate the bank tellers. They don't pull a bank note that is fake and say, look, this is how it is fake. This is what you need to look for. They don't do that. They actually do not even have fake money in their training programs. They only have original money, original bank note, because their, their rationale is that if one can spot and know the original bank note, they will automatically know the fake one when they see it. Are we together? So that is why we, we, we can, if we spend a lot of time teaching you the way, teaching you about the rapture, teaching you about the offices, teaching you about the church order, teaching you about the seasons and the dispensation, our, our belief is that once you know those things, you will be able to go out and when they say there is a prophet around, you will be able to go into the scripture because you know the original bank note and you will be able to say that, but that is not the replica of what I've been taught about. Are we together? Amen. And for, for example, Brother Brown says, if there is a bogus uh, a bank note, there must be a genuine somewhere. If there are false prophets, there must be a genuine prophet somewhere. 
Hallelujah. Now let me read this quotation, How Can I Overcome, paragraph 44. We see this age that we're living in. It's one of the grandest ages of all ages. This Laodicea church age is the grandest of all church ages because it's the ending of time and the blending of eternity. This is the greatest sinful age. It's more sin in this age than there's ever been. There's more sin in this age than there's ever been. And if there's been, if there is more sin in this age than there's ever been, I cannot overemphasize the importance of being baptized with the Holy Ghost. Not sensation, but the life of Jesus Christ being brought into the heart of the believer in the end time. Are we together? And we had much better put it across, folks. Without the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you are going to experience spiritual fatigue at some point in time. At some point in time, you are, you are going to you look at the scripture that used to bless you and it won't bless you anymore. You look at the quotation that used to bless you, it won't bless you anymore. Because once the Holy Ghost is in you, the Holy Ghost will never lose the enthusiasm for the weight. Are we together? And Brother Branham goes further to say the Holy Spirit is the water, the weight is the seat. And when the weight is in you and you are baptized with the Holy Spirit, the life of the seat will express itself. Amen. I hope the apple tree doesn't struggle to be an apple tree. It just comes naturally. The powers of Satan is many times harder to fight against than it was in any age. The powers of Satan is many times harder to fight against than it was in any age. How many witnesses are that of that statement? Back there in early ages, a Christian could for his profession of in a church of belonging to Christ, could be beheaded. He could be killed and put out of his misery and go to meet God quickly. But now the enemy has come in the name of the church. Hallelujah. And I want to, I want to amplify this quotation. Now the enemy has come in the name of the prophet. Now the enemy has come in the spoken words. Now the enemy has come with the misinterpretations of what the prophet has already taught. Hallelujah. Because why does the enemy come in the name of the church? It's because he knew that had he come without the church, the people would have rejected the enemy. So the church served as a garment to deceive the people that were receptive to the church. And now we are coming again to a point where people have accepted the seventh angel messenger. But what is happening now, we can see that the enemy is coming again in his name. But the purpose is not to lead you back to where the seventh messenger has led you to. But it is to derail you. Uh, what am I simply saying? You are much better, you are, you are likely to be deceived by somebody that has got a spoken weight than somebody that does not have a spoken weight. Uh, can I repeat that? You are likely to be deceived by somebody who's got a spoken weight than somebody that does not have the spoken weight. But uh, the beauty about being baptized of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost does not follow a booklet, but it follows the, the life that the booklet has expressed. Uh, hallelujah. 
now he says, but now the enemy has come in in the name of the church. It's so deceiving. This is the great age of deception. When Christ said so, the two spirits would be so close in the last days till it would deceive the very elect if it was possible. Remember, Christ spoke of an elected people for the last day. It would deceive the very elected if it were possible. So close. The people so live. People can live a clean, holy life, not be sinful, not be adulterers, not be drinkers, not be liars and gamblers. They can live above that and still not have it. Are we together? So that means we are, we are, we are, just look, we are looking for something higher than just living a clean life. We are looking, any person can live a clean life if they are committed and dedicated to the process. But what we are looking for is the same life that was in Christ in the heart of the believer. And without that same life, you would never be able to know when you are being deceived. And if Paul, if the people that followed Paul, when Paul was taken away, these people, in order to know that grievous wolves have entered in their midst and to be able to identify them, those people have got to have the same spirit that was upon Paul. And in the end time, for us to be able to know the grievous wolf, the same spirit that was upon the messenger, which is the Holy Spirit, must be upon the bride. Are we together, folks? I hope we are together here. Now, he says in this message, the exposition, seven church ages, Laodicean church age, he says, now, it, now every case, you'll notice that a false prophet is one who's outside the weight. And I've mentioned the other time, I say, as much as God has got fivefold ministry, the devil has got his fivefold ministry. The only difference is that for you to know a true prophet, first you must know the weight. And when you know the weight, you would know when a gift operates within the parameters of the weight. And when the gift moves out of the parameters of the weight, no matter how precise it could be, you know that gift is not from God. So, but the problem today, people know the gift without knowing the weight. And how do you know the weight? Knowing the weight is not where you sit down and say, I must read every spoken word. I must read every scripture. Brother Bram simply uses the explanation of uh, Albert Einstein. He said Einstein has moved into the universe and saw that there is still many things to be seen. He said we can never understand the universe unless God put the universe in us. So you can never understand the weight till the weight comes into you. And when the weight is in unto you, the weight will expose the enemy. I hope we are together here. Just as we showed you that the Antichrist means the anti-weight. So these false prophets come perverting the weight. And for them to pervert the weight, they've got to know the weight. And I can tell you, he who will deceive you is the one that reads most. A lot of times people that are, in, that are deceiving people are the people that know more about the weight than you that know about the weight. Hallelujah. And he says, have you know, he says, so these false prophets come perverting the weight, giving it a meaning that fits their own devilish ends. Have you ever noticed how the people who lead others astray Bind them closely to themselves by fear. Why do they bind by fear? 
Those people, when they come to you and they say something, they don't want you to question it. And when you question it, they threaten you with death. You will die to question the man of God. And I'm saying if the man of God that was vindicated by the pillar of fire was able to compile a COD book, any person that will come, he has got to be subjected to question and answers question. Are you here, folks? And it says, they say that if the people don't do what they say, or if they leave, then destruction will follow. They are false prophets, for a true prophet will always lead one to the weight and bind the people to Jesus Christ. He won't tell them to fear him or what he says, but to fear what the weight says. Notice how these people like Judas are out for money. So that means in every deception, look at the flow of money. Hallelujah. Deception has got its own economy. Hallelujah. And how do you know that it's deception? Right now you are beginning to say, they, they come up with a lot of merchandise. Buy more of this. It will protect you. Buy more of that. It will protect you. So you know that actually the guy is into it to make money. And the same guy that tells you to buy water to protect you, he's got a, 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 a wall of bodyguards around him. Why doesn't he use his own water? Why does he use his own Vaseline or whatever sort that they are using? These people are out to get money from the people. But the people, because they don't know the word, people are gullible. Are you here, folks? Yeah, you, I mean, if you think something works, you must demonstrate it on yourself. Go into Soweto without bodyguards like everybody else. Or you, use your own water to protect you. Hallelujah. But people are gullible. Now he says, they get you to sell all you have and give it to them and their schemes. That's why they call it, you plant the seed. Sell your house, invest money to plant the seed. You will be blessed. A true ministry will never burden the people. I'll repeat, a true ministry will never burden the people. Hallelujah. Then it says, they get you to sell what you have and give it to them and their schemes. They spend more time on offerings than the weight. Those who attempt to operate the gifts will make use of a gift which has a margin of error in it, then ask money and neglect the weight and call it of God. And people will go to them. People will go to them. That's what the prophet says. And bear with them and support them and believe them, not knowing it is the way of death. When he says they bear with them, that means when you bear with somebody, you know their mistakes but you overlook them. These false prophets, with their games, there's going to be a sleep up in their game, but the people will still be there and bear with them, but not knowing that the end shall be death. Uh, hallelujah. Are you not amazed that the people that they make them walk out of wheelchair is the people that are known? Hallelujah. I mean, if you have been on a wheelchair for the rest of your life and you walk out of a wheelchair, 
We shouldn't hear from you testifying. We should actually hear from your company saying this person was part of our disability numbers in this company, but because he walked out of the wheelchair, it has changed our demographics in the company. We are no longer having 10 disabled. Now we are having 9 because one went to a meeting and walked out of a wheelchair. These are nobodies with no background, but because the people love drama, the people are captivated by this. But when you come, there is nothing transmitting the holy life into the people. Just entertainment. Amen. The likes of T.B. Joshua, he said Robert Mugabe would have died last day. The man is still alive. I think Robert Mugabe made many people to be false prophets than any other individual in recent times. But uh, have, have you ever seen an uprising against T.B. Joshua and say, wait a minute, you lied to us. They bear with them. But the very, but the, but the very people will never bear with the prophet. They will go and investigate this and investigate this, try to tie up things to make him look like he's a liar. But while following a liar, where, where they bear with the weaknesses of the liar. Amen. Are we still together? He says, those who attempt to operate gifts will make use of a gift which has a margin of error in it and then ask for money and neglect the weight and call it of God. People will go to them and bear with them and support them and believe them not knowing it is the way of death. Yes, the land is full of carnal impersonators. In that last day, they will try to imitate the prophet messenger. In that day, they will try to imitate the prophet messenger. Are we together? But he says they won't be able to produce what the true prophet produces. Hallelujah. There is a certain type of life that is produced by this message. And a false prophet will not be able to produce that. And some of you, you are looking for great miracles. Your very husband is a great miracle. Oh, you can say he's got mistakes, he's short-tempered. But he doesn't run around with women like the rest of men in the end time running around with women. There's something that happened to that man to be able that when he knocks off, he comes home. Are you still with me? When he says revival is over, they will go around claiming a great revelation that the people have is exactly right and God is going to do big and more wonderful things amongst them. And the people will fall for it. This same false prophets will claim that the messenger of the last day is not a theologian, so you ought not to be hurt. They will attack the tapes, they will attack the books, they will attack the prophet. They won't be able to produce what the messenger can produce. They won't be, able, they won't be vindicated by God as that last day prophet is. 
But with their great swelling weights and with the weight of their worldwide notoriety, they will warn the people not to hear the messenger and they will say he teaches wrong. They are running exactly true to their fathers, the Pharisees, who were of the devil for they claimed that both John and Jesus taught an error. Now why do these false prophets come out, come out against the true prophet and discredit his teaching? Because they are running true to form as did their forefathers when in the days of Ahab they withstood Micah. There were 400 of them and all of them were in agreement. And by them all saying the same thing, they fooled the people. But one prophet, just one prophet was right and the rest of them were wrong because God had committed the revelation to one. And Brother Abraham said, beware of false prophets. They are ravening wolves. And right now, there is an obsession. Absolutely an obsession. I received an email a day before yesterday from a young man in Limpopo. Very young, 1989. And say, Pastor, look, I... It looks like he was addressing a lot of pastors. He says, greetings, pastors. I... I, I had a dream, or I received a an, an visitation, or, and I've been anointed as per as a statement that Brother Brennan made in the cells. I'm called to come and lead the era of the manifestations of the sons of God as a prophet. Uh, a such and such church I was in is a message church, They've rejected my gift, but my gift is out there. I'm the one that comes after Brother Brenham. It's a long, quite a long, or long email. And when I was reading there, I realized that this young man is still very young. But why, why would he write such a thing? And he's not playing, folks. He's not playing. He's quite serious. He took his time for, to write almost a three-page email. And I went through it, I went through it. Then it dawned on me that why would such a young boy that should be worried about schoolwork, get married, why would he have such a burden to say God has sent him with a ministry after Brother Brenham? But something stopped and said, no, it is the anointing of the hour. It is the spirit of the hour. Because once they leave, the prophet leaves, everybody would want to come and say, what he said, it was not it, but what I say is the right thing. Are we together? And, if, and let me put it this way. All of them, they would never start the ministry on their own. None of them will come and say, listen, uh, that is wrong. They will come and take the very quotations of the brother Brenham and twist them because they know that you have already accepted the prophet messenger. So they are using him as an instrument, as a bait to get you. And most of them without the prophet messenger, they are nothing. And I'm simply saying, go and look at the doctrines that come after brother Brenham has come. They are not a doctrine that is meant to take a man from the streets. It's the doctrine that wants to find somebody who has already been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, somebody who's got tapes and books, somebody who belongs in the message church, then they want to twist that individual. I'm saying the gospel is not like that, folks. The gospel must go to a man that is a drunkard on the street, and he must be able to see that gospel in the scripture, and he must be able to follow that gospel. A gospel is not a pyramid scheme, folks. 
that as you bring me up, then I will bring you up. It does not work like that. Brother Branham was the last prophet in the last day. And I can take it to any person, be it a Jew, I can be able to pull it out of the scripture. I can take it to a prostitute, I can pull it out of the scripture. But I can never pull an eighth messenger out of the scripture because it is unscriptural. Remember, even this prophet, and some people, they think, some people think we are gullible. We didn't just wake up and follow William Brenham. We didn't just wake up and got excited that there was a man in Kentucky. Hey, goodness, this message, when we, it came away, some of us were skeptical. And we said, we want to check this thing. Where does it originate from? And we looked into the scripture and we said, can you give me the seven church book? And I read it, we read it, and later you realize that, goodness, there is some stuff in here. And the more you read, the more the books change your life. And you realize that, goodness, I had a hard heart, but this book is able to turn my heart. Then you say, that's Malachi 4. He will turn the hearts of the children back to the Father. And you realize that based on the effect of the message, this message is the truth. How do I follow you as an eighth messenger when you are abusing your wife? When you fail at the basics of life. Amen. Are you still with me? All of them. They are coming, twisting scriptures. I'm the one. And maybe we need to say these things more. Columbia, after he died, his age ran for a thousand more years. After he died, the revival went on for a thousand years. Now, Brother Brenham is only left, gone, he's Less than 60 years. But after he's gone, already people say, we can't follow a dead prophet. You can see that people do not even understand what we are following. They don't even know what, what brought us out of the system. They think we were following the men that stood and that were staying in Kentucky that moved to Ohio and that got an accident on his way when he was on his way to Tucson, and they think we are following that man. We are not following that man. But we are following the one that operated in that man. And even though when that man is taken, we, our eyes keep on looking. Are we here, folks? The same eye, we looked at the very one that was in Abraham. We saw him in Jacob. And we moved and we saw him in Isaac. Then we saw him in Moses. Then we saw him in Isaiah. Then we saw him in the prophet. It doesn't mean that when the prophet is taken away, he who called the prophet is taken away. And I want to say to this group of people, the same one that Brother Brenham was in Brother Brenham, when Brother Brenham was taken away, the same one is leading the bride of Jesus Christ. And he said, what is my ministry? He said, my ministry is different from a pastor's ministry. He said, my ministry is to declare him that he's here. And I'm simply saying, who is here? Not a man from Germany, not a man from China, but the same Jesus Christ that walked 2,000 years ago. In the end time, he's back again, and you are following him. 
Are we together? And while at it, although Moses was taken away, his books, his books, they say, we will follow you, Joshua, as long as you follow the book of Moses. Although Brother Bram is not here, we've got the books. They are a standard. Once you preach, most of you have got iPads. Normally when we read quotations, you punch it immediately. And if the quotation is not there, you will know immediately that that man is lying. It's not there. That was to empower you. You, you don't just eat here without checking what is happening. Because you don't know the man that speaks here. You don't sleep with me. You don't walk around with me. But uh, you don't know where the devil may overtake me. But you must be able to be vigilant. And the day I'm overtaken, you are able to go into the scripture and say, what the pastor said sounded good, but it's not what the prophet said. I don't have a problem with the pastor, but any, whenever we speak something that Brother Brenham has not spoken, do not afraid to walk into the office and say, Pastor, can I have a word about what you spoke? It's not a sign of disrespect. It's a responsibility and accountability on your part because you want to make sure that you are in a place where they follow what Brother Brenham has said. And if the moment I begin to threaten you and say, don't you respect my office, you will die, then you know. He operates outside of the weight. Amen. Amen. Then all these prophets, one thing common about them, and the message, the trial. And folks, let me say this. I have got a, a distant relative that I had they were telling me that she had gone to, you know, this initiation to become a Sangoma. And I was told that she says she does not want to become a Sangoma. She wants to go through the process, but she wants to open a church. Because a church is more lucrative than if she was to be in some hut somewhere and practice as a Sangoma. So it teaches you that a lot of people that we have behind the pulpit are actually sangomas that realize they couldn't make money as a sangoma. They had to put a collar and pretend like they are a, 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 a minister. And you, because you don't even know the scriptures, you don't even know the last messianic sign, you are excited if somebody comes and teaches you, tell you your name. You don't realize that those are spirits of divination. Hallelujah. Those, it's, a, it's a medium spirit. He casts a spell upon you. He tells you things will go wrong. And he casts a spell upon you. And things go wrong. And you come to the very person that casts a spell upon you to be able to, re- to, to fix you. Folks, this is a dangerous era. But I'm glad that the bride has got the eyes of the eagle that can see through this man. Amen. Brother Branham says, in the message, the trial, paragraph 209, he says, I don't say you're a pastor or anybody would be taking the gift of discernment. They don't have to do that. That's not their calling. That's not their calling to do that. That's to be one in an age. When he came during the time of Abraham, Brother Moon said the last sign that Sodom and Gomorrah saw 
It was when he said, where is Sarah, thy wife? When he came and went to the Samaritan woman, it was the Messianic sign. And Brother Ben says, it will be the last sign that this generation sees. And what is happening in our generation? There was a man that came and was able to discern the hearts of the people. During that time, they rejected it as the mental telepathy. But after it was taken off the scene, people started rising up, impersonating him. And all of them, they went and said, we want to have private interviews with you. And later they come into the auditorium. They don't tell the people that they actually were with you in a little room somewhere interviewing you. They pretend like they are seeing you for the first time and they begin to discern you. And check, I want you to check the deception here. He knows that he's wrong. He knows it's a scheme. He pulls a woman or a brother and says, Brother, your name is so-and-so. You are suffering from such and such thing. You are not from here. Uh, your husband at such and such, or your wife is at such and such place. Stay with me here. And the brother, because he is within the audience, he is not able to say no, but we spoke about it this before. Check, check something here. As they are talk, as he's doing that, another poor soul that doesn't know the background stuff that came and said, I believe that God is alive. They coming with a genuine faith. They are standing there at the corner. They don't know that it's a scheme. They are coming with sincerity. Then God honors the sincerity of this one. And that one gets healed. And the very prophet, that's why they normally after that they say, something is bound to happen. Whoever needs something, let them stand to their feet. And people stand up on their feet, believing that it's genuine. And God honors their faith, and a miracle happened, then you come around and say, he's a true man of God. Do you know, Brother Brown, say God will back up a hypocrite as long as his weight is at stake, but it doesn't make it a hypocrite right? God honors the people that came into the meeting based on the promises that he made in this book. Hallelujah. That is why we that are vigilant, even though miracles have happened, we still no need to go back to the basics. What does the Bible say about this? What type of life do you live? What do you get up to when you are off the pulpit? How is your life? Does it tailor? Does it fit with the Bible? And if it doesn't fit, I don't care whether people walked out of the wheelchair. We reject it. Amen. There's... The only person that can come and tell you, your name is Clement, you are originally from Soshanguve, you are here in Weedbank, it's done. It was William Brennan. Anyone that would ever come and try to do that has got a wrong spirit upon them. They want to try to pretend like they are Brother Brennan. And any church that is sound must reject such. Let me tell you how they operate. The first person that they come to capture is the pastor. You know what they tell the pastor? Pastor, the great ministry is going to grow. People are going to come from nowhere because a lot of pastors are discouraged. And when they hear such, it is good news. He has going, been going through criticism, but all of a sudden, here is a man say, your ministry is going to be great. People will come from afar to support your ministry. The church will be so small, it will be bigger. 
And now the pastor is there. Then because they are talking, the pastor begins to divulge a certain information and say, you see, I've been struggling with this and that. And then men of God say, let's pray together. And all of a sudden, the pastor is captured. Then they come to the church. The very first thing that they come is to divide the church. Then they just pick up one sister that has been saving for a long time. Say, that one is a witch. I know what I'm talking about. Now, the pastor cannot be able to reject that. Then he's got to, be, how gullible can you be? I mean, I've been to your home, sisters. I've eaten in your houses for many years. If you wish, you would have killed me a long time ago. I'm not waiting for some man from somewhere to tell me you are a witch. And actually, if he tells me that you are a witcher, the first thing that I will tell him is say, goodness, we really thank God. She cooks very well, and I never died. That means that this minister has got so much power that although she's a witch, I could eat and not die. So I don't need you. But because of fear, they want to instill fear in the people. Then they create an environment of mistrust. Then the church gets divided between those that are for and those that are against. And those that are against, they are deemed to be witches and spiritual. Those that are for, they are deemed to be spiritual. Then he comes with prescription. For gentlemen, from now on, we're going to fast for the next 40 days. And Brother Brandon, when you go and check, it says, there is nothing about us fasting for 40 days. In the, in the Bible, are we together? But they come this because they want to, now they are controlling the church. They want to feel more powerful that the church is showing towards their direction. This is what we're going to do. We'll have all night prayer and the whole church shows up. Those that don't show up, they are a bunch of devils. Let me tell you something. It is good to be skeptical. Sometimes it's good to be suspicious. Sometimes when something happens, you must be able to say, wait a minute. I want to look at this. But because in a church, people are at the different stages of life. You've got lambs. You've got the sheep. The lambs are still gullible. When a, lo- a wolf comes, a wolf is able to outwit the lamb. The lamb is a very fragile animal. But the wolf is agile, quicker and can- cunning. Are we together? So that is why the, you need a shepherd that can come and identify the spirit. Amen. Because we are living during time of spirit. You need somebody to be able to judge the spirit. And that is why elders, when you are an elder in church, an elder is not a position where people just look up to you. It's somebody that is on their knees for the church praying for the little lambs, encouraging them, watching out what may come, warning them and say, be careful of this, be careful of that. I prayed for you. And visiting them, supporting them with the scriptures. Are we together? Because the time that we're living in is an evil hour. Hallelujah. And elders must never be afraid to be unpopular. It's not only the pastor's job to look at what is happening in the church. As an elder, you've got scriptural right to see if when something is wrong, to go and say, I've got to correct it. If that person is a lamb or a sheep, they will appreciate you and say, thank you, I did not see it that way. But now I see it, and both then they, they escape. 
But if it's a wolf, he will debate with you. Have you got a problem with you? Uh, is this a personal matter? Then you realize there's a wrong spirit. A child of God, whenever they approach a child of God with the weight, a child of God will be submissive to the weight. Are we together? Amen. I'll paraphrase this in closing. Brother Brenham says, when you've got a child, maybe someone of my daughter's age, two years, ten and three, when my my daughter comes to me, even though I'm talking to her mom, and she says, Daddy, I will immediately stop. Then we look at her and say, what are you saying? But when Tumi, who's 13 years old, comes and says, Mommy, we say, shush, we're still talking. That one is still growing. This one is bigger. Brother Branham, when the Branham Tabernacle was there, he used to preach and his sister would break out in tongues. And Brother Branham used to wait and they would be done and he would carry on. But go and check in the messages later, a sister breaks into town. Brother Bram said, let that woman keep quiet. What is happening? At that age, the expectation is that they have grown. So what is happening? When a church is small, they don't know how to handle the gifts of God. They think it's a bunch of toys. But when a church is mature, we're able to say, yes, it's the right gift, but how it is being operated, it's wrong. Or whoever operates, or you know, we had a man that came here and said he's got a, a gift that he could help us with. The first thing, the one made me very skeptical. The first thing, I looked at the wife. And I said, but the wife, the condition in which the wife is at, goodness. <laughs> you don't know whether she was coming to church or on the way to the nightclub. Then how, how is this man who has failed to design his wife going to design sisters that have been in the message for 15 years? Are you here, folks? So sometimes the church has got to have a standard. And sometimes, I'm not saying we are not going to be overrun. Certain things, they can creep in and away. But later on, you realize, uh, how many people have you ever known somebody that deceived you? You believe them. But after a while, you realize that, goodness, that's a crook. And and even you realize in the middle of the night and say, I can't wait to wake up and give them a call. That one is a crook. Is sometimes you'll be overrun by certain things. But when you know the standard, immediately you get a holy indignation that I must sort it out. It is wrong. It is not according to the scripture. Yes, it sounded right yesterday. But I went to consult with the Holy Ghost. That's why, in closing, it is critical to be in tune with the Holy Spirit. And after you've heard the word, you go home. God, what do you say about it? And the God say, that is a bone. Then you realize that was a bone. That was a meat. Then you eat the meat. God bless you, Rish. the worshipping song, then we can wrap up.
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Precious eternal heavenly Father, we thank you once more this evening, Almighty God. Mm. You have descended as we requested, Heavenly Father, and our Mm. expectation, Almighty God. Mm. And you spoke to our hearts, Heavenly Father, Mm. took us, Heavenly Father, and put us into our places, Almighty God. Mm. Heavenly Father, to know that the evil one, Almighty God, in the last days, Almighty Jesus, Heavenly Father, you came all out to deceive the church, Almighty God. Yes. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for coming and speaking to our hearts, Almighty Jesus. Amen. Warning us, as the prophet said, Heavenly Father, that before any judgment, Almighty God, you will come and speak to your people. Thank you once more, Heavenly Father. Remember of old when Paul said, Although even it's us that will come and preach any other gospel yes. except, unto, uh, except this one, mm. he says, even if it's an angel that we can see mm. that will be coming from heaven mm. and preach any other gospel, he says that particular angel must be a cast. Exactly. Heavenly Father, we say this evening, Almighty God, yes. as we have heard thy word, Almighty Jesus, mm. that whosoever that comes and preach any other gospel mm. that we never heard, Almighty God, mm. that differs from the one that the messenger of the our priest, mm. Heavenly Father, we say, let that particular person exactly. be a cast, Almighty God. Yes. We stand upon this word, Almighty Jesus. Yes. We say, Heavenly Father, that let us meditate upon this word, Almighty God. Let us stick to the message of the hour, Heavenly yes. Father. We stick to the tapes and the books, Heavenly exactly. Father. We pray that you help us, Heavenly Father. Have mercy upon us once more, Almighty Jesus. Bless the church, Heavenly Father. Each and everyone that came under this roof, Almighty God. We say, if there is anyone that came sick, Heavenly Father, by thy stripes we are healed already, yes. Almighty God. If there is anyone that came, Heavenly Father, having any other problem, Almighty God, we know that you are the solver of any other problem, Jesus. There is nothing impossible with you, Almighty God. We bless the every, each and every one of us, Heavenly Father. We say, undertake us and be with us, Heavenly Father. As we depart from this place, Heavenly Father, we are asking for a traveling mercy. When thy servant that you spoke through him yes. this evening, Heavenly Father, we say, Almighty 
mighty God, we know the virtue has come out of him, Heavenly Father. May you restore, Heavenly Father. Give him more revelation, Heavenly God. Heavenly Father, that he may come and get from thee, Heavenly Father, and give unto us as thy children, Heavenly Father. Bless us as we depart, Almighty God. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, all shall say, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Just speaking about deception, there is a, a video that I saw. It's two gentlemen that took uh, what looked like a zebra costume. And they were pretending to be a zebra, moving around the zebras. While they were busy, okay, zebras did not run away. They just look at this funny-looking zebra. But guess what? In no moment, real lions came. The real zebras ran away. The, 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 the lions devoured those two men. So, when the enemy comes like a flood, God will raise the standard. Amen. God bless you richly. Sunday morning I'm here at home, then afternoon I'm off to uh, Benoni to preach for Brother Tinashe, but I'll start here at home, and then after I'll go to Benoni. Amen. God bless you richly. Amen. Just give us a song till we meet on Sunday.